I stand amazed that God should ever love me. His saving grace bestowed on even me. in bondage, but Christ lives within, His grace has made me free, I stand amazed that God should ever love me, so wild was I, so deeply stayed.
walks among us and all that he does all of his mercy and all of his love the pen of a rider could ride every day even this world could never contain how i have been blessed he's warmth in the winter flowers and spring laughter of summer and the changing of leaves he's food on my table a good place to sleep clothes on my back and shoes on my feet oh i have been blessed arms that will raise a voice that can talk hands that can touch and legs that can walk Ears that can listen, oh eyes that can see, oh I've got to praise Him as long as I breathe, oh I have been blessed, oh I have been blessed, God's so good to me, precious are His thoughts of you and me no way i could count them there's not enough time oh i'll just thank him for being so kind god has been good so very good and raised my sisters and brothers and memories made a pastor to lead us this altar to pray sipes that can heal and the blood that can save oh i have been blessed we live in a country it's the greatest on earth our flag stands for freedom and all that it's worth she stands in the harbor miss liberty calls oh they gave something but some they gave it all so we could be blessed he's my shoulder to lean so down the rock where he leads me when I'm overwhelmed the place where he hides me it's under his wings he's not just a song he's the reason I sing oh I have been blessed oh I have been blessed God so are his thoughts of you and me no way 
good, so very good, I have been blessed, oh, I have been blessed, God's so good to me, precious are his thoughts of you and me. been good, so very good, I have been blessed, oh God has been good, so very good, I have been blessed. man suffer much pain and it looked like the wicked would go free and in my frustration it didn't seem right to sunshine but he sent a rain I cried for healing but I only got pain but I know that your love it will see me through oh God I still trust you.
Lo, I am with you until the end. Your blood, it has cleansed me from all my guilt and sin. And your promises, I know that I can hold on to.
Jesus and find the way. If you want freedom, need forgiveness, just come to Jesus and find his grace. Because he is hope for the hopeless. He's rest for the weary. Help for the hurting. He is. He is mending the broken. He's bearing the burdens. All that you're needing, he is. There's nothing that's too heavy for him. of peace. He's author and maker of everything. Defender, deliverer, king of kings. He is. He is. Helper and healer forevermore. He's savior and shelter through every storm. My refuge, redeemer and lord of lords. He is. He is. Child of heaven and son of man, provider, protector, the great I am, Alpha, Omega, beginning and end, he is, he is, hope for the hopeless, rest for the weary, he's help for the hurting, he is, he church one day to hear them sing and play the preacher he firmly plowed that gospel plow oh he said you 
must repent So down that old aisle I went And now it's different Whoa, so different now Well, it's different now Yes, it's different now Since Jesus saved my since Jesus saved my soul, well, it's different now. Yes, it's different now. Since by His blood I'm whole, by His blood I'm whole. Well, Satan he had to flee. Well, praise when my God. Jesus rescued me. Sin's fetters, they held me fast. The die was almost cast. How out and haughty spirit it would not bow. Oh, but just one glimpse of him. Well, praise God. And he broke the power of sin. And now it's different. It's different now. Since Jesus saved my soul. Since Jesus saved my soul. Well, it's different now. Yes, it's different now. Since by his blood I'm whole. By his blood I'm whole. Well, Satan, he had to flee. When my Jesus rescued me. And now it's different. Now is one. 
experience that you can I love saying this to folks for whosoever will it's for you it's for us it's for me he's changed me it's his love his mercy his grace his power it's all through him praise his holy name thank you Jesus praise God behold Jehovah seated on his throne above Father, the well that overflows, the God who was and is and shall be forevermore. Holy is the Lord. I'm going to sing that again. Behold, Jehovah seated on his throne Abba Father the well that overflows the God who was and is and shall be forevermore Holy is the Lord The God who was and is and shall be Victory has a name, 
and it's Jesus. Yes, the word has a name, and it's Jesus. Oh, redemption has a name, and it's Jesus. We're going to sing that again. Oh, holiness has a name, and it's Jesus. A victory has a name, and it's Jesus. The word has a name, and it's Jesus. Redemption has a name, and it's Jesus. and honor and glory and power. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. Blessing and honor and glory and power. Amen. Blessing and honor and glory and power. Amen. Amen. Ooh, amen. Blessing and honor and glory and power. of us here that's got troubles, a lot of us got problems, a lot of us got cares of this life that are burdened down on us. This week I was studying something and I kept getting in my pic the picture in my mind about Patty Hamlin. Patty, I'm sorry, but I'm going to mention you again. Last week we kind of make an honorable thing out of pa uh, Patty. She came to the VBS and spent Every night at the VBS, her and Carl, and uh, she helped work from the time she started to the time she, it was over. And I looked at that. I kept seeing that in my mind, and I went to a scripture that I never have preached out of. And it's something that I don't know if you understand it, but it's the only book in the Bible that addresses a lady. It addresses a lady. And I want to address it today. I'm not going to use a whole lot of the scriptures from there. I'm going to preach on the whole thing this morning and tonight. But I'm going to split it. I'm only going to talk about the first six verses as far as I can tell. And if that's okay, but I'm going to go to a couple places around those scriptures. But I want you to turn, if you've got your Bible, to 2 John. It's only one chapter. It's 13 verses long. Doesn't really sound like a book. It sounds more like a little letter sent to someone. But I want you to understand it's the 
There's uh, John, the Re uh, John the Revelator, John the Apostle. He wrote the uh, Gospel of John. He also wrote the um, first, second, and third John, and he wrote Revelation. And John was the oldest apostle. John lived out all the rest of them. He was the oldest. He was still living when he wrote these. The others had already passed on. He was only one left of the apostles. And I want you to hear this because it's important. John calls himself at the beginning of this the elder. And I guess uh, that's what kind of kept me on that. Carl and Patty are our elders right here today. And I thank God that we have someone. But what I want you to see is this. Because there's not a person hardly here that if you've been around God's people at all, you've got people that you look up to. You've got people that's been, ex, uh, how do you say, an influence in your life. It's, it's how they loved God. It's how they loved God's way. It's how they loved God's word. And it's something that's to me, it's a great commendable thing. And I, I want you to understand something. When they ain't here, you miss them. You know how many people we miss? You know how many people that has walked before us this gospel? And we have saw their faces, and I still see their faces, and I long to see them again. Because why? They walked with Jesus. They walked with truth. They walked in love. They put their self aside and lived for him. And I want you to hear that today because I want you to think about yourself, uh, of what you are leaving behind and I want you to listen to the oldest elder of the apostles talking to her because he's honoring her. He's commending her. And I want you to hear it. In 2 John, verse 1, it says, The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. Everybody that knows the truth knows about this lady's walk in, walk in love and walk in truth. She's known for the walk that she had, this elder lady. She's called the elect lady. Now, I like that. There's something's jumped out at me when I read that because, see, I think there's a word called elect. And you know what that word elect means? It means chosen by God. She was elected by God. You know, if you're a child of God today, don't let the devil tell you no different. You ain't perfect. Nobody is. But listen to me. You're an elect of God. You're chosen by God. I didn't choose him. He chose me. I don't know if you understand that, but he chose us. He came after us. And we needed come after. We needed somebody to go past and reach over the top of our bad self and reach into our heart and tell us we're lost and tell us we needed a Savior. And I think about this gospel of how hard it was the first century of the gospel, the first hundred years of the gospel. And I think about this lady. And it says there that she was the elect lady. The elect is the chosen by God, elected to follow God with all of her heart and elected to live a holy life. I don't know if you know what I'm saying, but that's to you and me. See, we're elected to follow God with all of our heart. 
and we're elected to live a holy life. God chose us to do that and to be the example to who we have been put in life around. Not just here at church. It's not to come here and just agree together and be in one accord and sing some songs and, and uh, go away happy. No, it's to go into this world and for people to know you that you love God and that you love the truth of his word. That it is who you are. You ain't tooting your own horn. Patty, I'm not tooting your horn today. God knows I love you and I'm honoring you, but I'm not trying to toot nobody's horn. I'm trying to let you know that what God has done in you is so important today. He has chosen you, elected you to be one of his. There's a, a scripture in Colossians 3. 12. It says, put on therefore, Paul said, as the elect of God. Uh-oh, he's talking to us now. The elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. How many knows God's got some ways that elect person's supposed to be? He's talking about a fruitful person, a fruitful spirit inside of you. We're not supposed to be out there fighting the world for what it's got. We're to, we're to fight to present Jesus Christ the way he's supposed to be presented to this world so they will see that there's hope beyond this life. I don't know about you, but our world needs to know there's hope beyond this life. And it says in Titus 1, Paul said this, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness. And in 1 Peter, Peter said it. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. Why am I reading that? I'm reading that because I want you to understand you and I are the elect. You may not feel so important, but if you're truly living for God and you truly love his truth, because see, there comes, there's coming a time, and tonight I'm going to get on it more about the end time that we're living in, but can I tell you something? John covers this in this little chapter. He presents the whole gospel in this little chapter. But he's talking about the gospel of how it's going forward and how this woman had a love for the truth and her children had a love for the truth. What a blessing. See, don't, aren't you glad there's families that live victoriously? Aren't you glad that even when you're struggling, somebody's upholding the gospel? Somebody's holding the love of God before them. I'm glad when I went through the hard times that somebody was an example before me. Somebody kept telling me, just trust God. Just keep believing God. The second verse of John 2, or John, 2 John, it says, For the truth's sake which dwells in us, and shall be with us forever. How many knows the truth dwells inside of you? That's what I'm talking about. But you got to love that truth. 
See, our world has decided to set the truth aside and do it our way. I mean, here's what I'm saying. We're doing, we're doing exactly what it, what's going on. We're not listening when we hear the truth. We take that truth, we hear it, it sounds good, it fits what Scripture says, but we go out and we don't apply it to ourselves. We apply it to the ministers, we apply it to somebody else, but don't tell me i got to apply it. Yes, if you don't apply it, God can't do the work in you. God's trying to do the work in every one of us. John 17, 17, Jesus said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And in 1 Peter 1, he said, Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Did you know the truth? When you get down to the truth, most of the time, and you walk in the truth that God has shown you, opened your eyes, you can't help but love people because Jesus walked in the truth and he loved. He knew the truth on everybody, yet he loved them anyway. He knew the truth about the woman at the well, but he loved her. He cared about her. He wretched to somebody that was hopeless. And you know what he's telling her? I know the truth about you, but I love you anyway. I know who you are. I know where you've been. I know what you've done, but I love you. I'm calling you out. You're going to be one of my elect. How precious is that? We don't deserve to be called one God's elect, but we are. In the third verse of John 2, talking about when you live in the truth and love, you'll have grace, mercy, and peace that follows you. Listen to this. He says, grace be with you, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. You cannot live a lie and expect God's grace, mercy, and, and uh, forgiveness to be in your life. You're not going to live. You can't live that lie. You're shutting God out. God says, number one, you got to be truthful to yourself. you got to understand that God is trying his best to make this mind surrender to him. And surrendering everything. That means... Lord, I give up everything that I've done. I give up who I am. I give up all that you've given me. I give it back to you. I just want your love. I want your truth in me. And if you want that love and truth, and you want it to be real inside of you, you've got to listen to what he's saying to you. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God and in 5 8 he says but God commends his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us 
And in 1 Timothy 1, 2, he said unto Timothy, My own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus uh, and Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm talking about living in the word. I'm talking about living in the truth. See, God's word is true. When we read it and we apply it to our life, it makes truth out of us. But you got to fall in love with that truth. You can't use his truth just when you want to hear it. You have to fall in love with his truth. I wished our leaders would fall in love with God's truth. I wish they'd go back to the word of God, not part way in. I wish they'd take the whole thing in. Because, see, there's victory in America. There's victory for America if they'll go back to the truth. If they'll see that they're lost and they need a Savior, if they'll repent, God will heal the land and he'll heal the homes and he'll heal the relationships. God can do all these things. You can look throughout our lives. You can see that the divorce and and the children being raised, broken homes, and all of them comes up with scars. Most all of them have some kind of scar in their life. And guess what? Some of us parents have brought the scars on them. I'm sorry to say. See, we don't trust God for what we're doing. We don't want to live the truth. We don't want to admit we have problems. We claim we've done the best we could, but we didn't live for God. And God's the one that wants to take us the direction that we need to go. He has the plan for our life. Verse 4 of 2 John, he said, I rejoice greatly that I have I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. John obviously saw her children. I don't think he saw her there. He wrote her a letter to, about it, but he saw her children. They weren't just talking about truth. They were walking the truth. How many knows what I'm talking about? You know what? You meet people in life, and you see a good Christian somewhere, and you meet their family, and you wonder about who is their family, and where are they coming from? I know this. A lot of us here came from Asbury Tabernacle, came out of Asbury Tabernacle. And I can tell you right now, I appreciate what Asbury was. They weren't perfect, just like we ain't perfect. But can I tell you something? They taught us how to walk this walk. They taught us how to love each other. They taught us about how to carry burdens for each other, to pray for the lost. Let me tell you something. We need that in this life. We need these elect people that God has chosen. God has chosen us to make a difference in this life. But John rejoiced when he found her children walking in the truth. As we have received a commandment from the Father. And he says, but continue thou in the things. In uh, 2 Timothy 3.14, he said, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. 
How many remembers what, when you learned what you've learned? Where were you when you found out what the gospel was about? Where was conviction brought upon you? Where did you realize, I'm a lost person, I need to be saved? See, I remember some of the messages Brother Vaughn preached. I can't remember what they were all about, but I remember some of the things he used to say. And I realized he was talking about me. I was lost. I could look at somebody else. You can see somebody else come and fall before the altar. And you can say, that poor person, they must really be a sinner. But you can't see yourself. We always justify ourselves. But I remember where I was. I remember where I learned about the gospel. I remember sitting in the Sunday school classes. I can remember, I can't remember Betty. What was his name? She's not there. Sorry. But I was... <laughs> I was thinking of his name, uh, but he taught a Sunday school class. And I can remember him saying, there's a heaven and a hell. He's telling kids, young people. We were just 9 to 11 years old. And I can remember him saying, there's a heaven to go to and a hell to stay away from. He was telling us the truth. Do you know we're afraid to tell our kids the truth? That's why they're lost. That's why they have no fear of God. We don't tell them the truth. If we don't speak the truth to our loved ones, who's going to? You think God gave them to you to just pat them on the head until they go to hell? No. God wants you to give them the gospel truth. Love them enough. Love the truth enough to implant it in your children's hearts. I can't help what the world says about it. They don't have no idea what they're doing. Obviously, you can see that. He said that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. See, that's why it's so important that we bring our children to the house of God. It was important for VBS. It was important that these little children hear about Jesus Christ. Why? Because the world's not going to speak to him about it. All the educators and all the instructors are not going to give them that information. They're going to not only hear it here, but they're going to see the walk that you walk. Mom and Dad, you can tell your children to go to church. You can drop them off at the church. But I can tell you right now, it's still your responsibility to show them the walk of Christ. They're looking at you and they'll do what you do. I was thinking of the song, and it's a pitiful song. It's a rock and roll song or something years ago. Cat and the Cradle or the Silver Spoon or whatever it was. But I want to be like you, Dad. It just kept saying, I'm going to be like you, Dad. And I thought all them times he wanted his dad to give him time, play ball with him, all the things he wanted him to do. He said, I'm going to be like you, Dad. And one day, his dad wanted him to come with him, come and see him or whatever. And he said, but I got all these things I got to do, Dad. Me and you'll get together sometime, Dad. How many knows that's what we do? We push them away. We are too selfish in ourselves. 
We're not loving the truth because if we love the truth, see, I look at people like Apostle Paul and Peter and them, they gave up their life to live this gospel, giving it to somebody else. If their family wasn't going to take it, they still had the same call from God. You know what? We have learned to be selfish and learned that this world will just give you whatever you want. So we live for the world. God's saying, you want to live for me, I'll show you how I can bless your life. I praise God for an elect lady. You know what? I thank God that John wrote to her this little letter because there's a lot in that little letter. The fifth verse says, and now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment to thee, but that which had, which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. Love's not a new commandment. Did you know love's not a new commandment? I know Jesus said, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. But I can tell you right now, it's not a new commandment. God's been teaching us love all these years. God's been showing his love. All the way back in Leviticus 19.18, it says this, Thou shalt not avenge, Talking to Israel, uh, Moses is, he says, Nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people, but thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord, he says. How many knows God a long time ago was teaching us to love our neighbor? Moses' writings, he wrote it down. We're supposed to love people. We're supposed to love people. Where is our love? What do we love? Is it things? Is it ourself? Cannot we love like Jesus loved? Cannot we receive what he's given us? I don't know why he loved me. Do you know why he loved you? Because you're such a catch? I don't think so. You were lost just like I was. But he made, he made a day that he called your name. He not only let you be born, he let you make all the mistakes, but he had his own plan. He had a plan for that woman at the well. He had a plan to meet her one day. He said, we must go to Samaria. That's why he was at that well. He knew exactly where he was going. In Matthew 5, Jesus said this, You have heard, in verse 43, You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Jesus told us to love, not just our neighbor, but love our enemies. You know what? He didn't tell us to do it. He walked it. He loved those that were crucifying him. Do you not care? Do we not care? 
You know, I think about Cain thinking this morning, God asked Cain a question. Where is thy brother? He said, am I my brother's keeper? He, he lied to God and said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Is that what we are doing the same? Are we looking at ourselves and saying, it doesn't matter what I do. I can live for myself. And that's all that matters. Nobody else cares. God cares. You know, God's been watching you all your life. God knows who you are. He knows where you are, and he knows what he wants to do in you. And he wants you to be broken, and he wants you to come before him and receive what he has for you so you can love people like his son loved people. How many knows what I'm saying? God wants us to walk like Jesus. That's why he calls us. That's why he chose us, uh, chosen us as the elect. He didn't put us in a position and set us on a pedestal for people to gawk at. No. He put us there to pay a price to be a servant of God, like Paul said. He said, I'm a servant. I'm an apostle. Paul knew exactly that nothing else mattered but the gospel. We just finished in the book of Acts reading how Paul was shipwrecked on his way to Rome, all the things he went through because he had an appointment to go to Rome. Why? Because he was bringing the gospel to somebody. He came to the island of Malta. He reached out to the father of the person in charge of that little island, and he healed him. And God began to do more, many mighty works through him. You know God wants to do many mighty works today. All he's looking for is his elect to say, Lord, you're first. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love your word. I'm going to love it so much I'm going to plant it inside of me. Whatever you say, I'm going to study what you say to do. I'm going to pick up your commands and put them in my heart. And I want to do what you want me to do. And I want to be what you want me to be. Jesus also said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. John, this is John 13, 34. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one for another. How do the world know that we love Jesus? How do they know? Do they know because we tell them we go to full gospel assembly? No. Do they, do they accept that you're just a good person because you dress up nice and go to church on Sunday? Do they actually see the love of God in you? He said, you will know them by the love they have one for another. Where is our love for others? Where is it? Like I said last week, how many neighbors know that you love them. Love them enough to tell them about Jesus. I tell you right now, you have to put yourself aside. 
You have to put all these little things that the enemy puts up in front of your face to make you angry. I kind of kid about my neighbor, Jim Noser. And I don't mean this bad at all because I love her. God knows I love her. She's between me and my wife in age. But we call her the wall builder in our neighborhood because she set out to build a wall because she don't like the neighbor, her neighbor. But the truth is, and I told you this, sometimes I'll go out to get the mail. I get on to the porch and I see her out there and I think, oh, I think I'll wait and get the mail later. Because why? She hollers at me almost every time I go out to get the mail, she's out there. And she begins to tell me what she don't like, what happened. Eventually, that's what it gets to. But I have told her, I've asked her, Jim, to come to church. I told her, she said, oh, you don't understand. I don't go to church. I said, yeah, but you ain't never tried our church. Why don't you just try to come sometime? You'll find out people's nice people. They They won't bite you or nothing. I try my best to talk around her. But you don't know how much that would tickle my heart to see her walk in here. You think I don't like her? I, I love her. I'm sure that God has put us there for a purpose. He sent us there. We're in your inner neighborhood for a reason. Love people. While you've got the opportunity, love them. While you have the opportunity, be good to them. Show Jesus. I'm not telling you, you know what, we all got opinions. Opinions is fine. But God don't want to hear my opinion. He already knows what I think. God wants me to love people. The last one, verse six, that I'm going to use today. Love is, it says, and this is love that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment. That as you have heard from, from the beginning, you should walk in it. Love is not just a word. Listen to me. Love's a behavior. Love is a walk. Love is a way of life. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You got to change your whole uh, life. Lord, make me love people. Teach me to love, Lord. Teach me to love. I remember when they asked me to be a pastor here, and I remember telling my wife, I can't love people like my dad loves people because I've been with him too many times. I've seen him when he has smiled from ear to ear and laughing and cutting up. But then I'd see him walk in sometimes and his heart would be broken. He'd cry and weep with strangers he didn't even know. And I used to look at him and i think, Dad, you've got something inside of you I don't know if I understand altogether. But my wife said, and it was true, he didn't always love that way. God worked on him. And can I tell you something? God will work on you if you let him. If you'll let him, he'll work on you and you'll begin to be loved. Everybody will know you by the love that you have one for another. They'll know you're a Christian because you love people. Not because you can sing, not because you can preach, not because anything you do, but you must love people. 
I mean, here's what I'm saying. We have to have love in our heart or we're not God's people. John 14, 21, he that hath my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and I will manifest myself to him. That means I'll show you myself to him. Praise God. You know Jesus sometimes speaks to my heart. I can't tell you how. It's not an audible voice, but somehow God somehow gives me exactly what he wants me to think on, what he wants me to say. He makes me study that way, and he don't let me off of it. You know what? He puts it in my face and says, this is what I want you to do. I liked, Connie, what you said this morning. I, I prayed, I studied, I got up, and God said, that ain't what I want you to do. You know what? God will do that sometimes, and I'm just dumbfounded. I'm thinking, Lord, I ain't that smart. You've got to give me more words than that. I don't have that many uh, audible words to say. But God wants me to stress the love today. He wants me to stress the truth and the love. That's what he's talking about today. And he wanted you to understand you're one of the elect. As John wrote, the elder wrote, he loved the fact that he could write to this lady. Dran, he had good news for her. Guess what? I met your children and they walk in love. They walk in truth just like you. Aren't you glad you know people that walked in truth? I am. I've heard people tell me, oh, I tell the truth. No, they just tell the truth how they see it. They don't admit to the truth of what God's doing. I wished that our world could come to the truth. If they come to the truth, there's hope. Listen to me. He's the answer. He's the answer for your family. He's the answer for every relationship. He's the answer for every broken, scarred life that you have. He's the answer. And his love covers a multitude of sins. I mean, here's what I'm saying. He will cover you. Listen to me. He will cover you. You may say, but I did this. It doesn't matter what you did. God says, I forgive you. I call you as mine elect. Walk in my love. You love them. I don't care if they hate your guts. Love them anyway. Pray for them. They need to see better. Praise God. Come on back up, man. Because we love him, we walk in his commandments. When you truly love God and you truly want to love him, guess what? You're going to look into his word because it's the love letter to your heart. I mean, here's it. It's the love letter. Betty used to sing that song all the time. It's the love letter. This is my love letter, he said. He wrote this for me. He wrote this for you. It's a love letter to let us know how to love. And if I plant this in my heart, I'll love people. 
If I'll truly look at who he sent for the example of what to follow, I'll be following Jesus and he loved people. He's the only reason we're here because he loved us. He's still in love with us. I can't help what our world's doing. I can't help what I'm my home's doing. Somebody, sometimes my family does things and my kids and I'm looking at them like, where are you at? What are you doing? But you know what? I look back at myself and I'm saying, where are you at? Where was you at? What in the world was wrong with you? Sometimes God reminds me of where I come from. You know what? There's none of us. We're not none of us standing on our own. We only can stand in him. We can only go forward in him. But if he becomes the true love of your heart, you can pass me right up knowing this Bible. I can tell you. Sometimes I read things. I never preached out of this, but I, I begin to look at this and I begin to look at the commendation of the Apostle John to a lady. Doesn't even mention her name. He just called her the elect lady. I like that, DJ. We ain't nobody. He wasn't trying to toot her horn. He was just trying to tell her, I love you. You know why she was having such a battle? You know why he was writing to her? Most of the time at that time of the, of the gospel, at the beginning of the first, end of the first century of it, did you know most of, they didn't have churches like we have here. Most of the time they met in people's homes. They met in big buildings like the 120 that showed up in the day of Pentecost. There was a big room there in the upper room. 120 were in there. You know what? I don't know how many we got here, but 120 is pretty many. They showed up in a room. You think they're all just little bitty shacks. They wouldn't. Some people had some big rooms back there. And that's where they would gather because the synagogues wasn't opening the door for them. They weren't opening the door for the gospel. After a while, the synagogues kicked them out. They didn't want nobody speaking about Jesus Christ. So they had to meet in their homes, whoever would have it. This woman was probably having church. And John heard of her. And John knew of her. And John saw her children when he was in a town or somewhere. But when John saw her children, he saw in them what was in her, that love of the truth. Praise God. Teach your children to love people. Don't teach your children to be selfish. Teach your children to fall in love with Jesus. That's where I look at it when I see Rich and them back there or anybody. I look at it and I say, praise God. They love to tell the children to love Jesus. Because someday they're going to have to know that Jesus will love them enough to forgive them. Isn't that beautiful? He made this way. I didn't make it. I don't know where this message was going. I just know what God was telling me. There's a love of the truth that our world is walking far away from. Paul talked about it in the Thessalonians where they refused the love of the truth. That you can see all around us. Don't be that family. Don't be that, don't be that elect person. I want my kids to know what it means to love Jesus. I want to see the love of God in their hearts.
I don't care what mistakes they make. I don't care if they ever stand on a platform and do anything. They don't have to sing pretty. They don't have to preach pretty. They don't have to do anything pretty. Just, I just want to see that love of God in their heart. Randy, that's all I want to see in your son's heart. I just want to see the love of God in there because that will pull him out of every problem he's got. That'll take him through life. Praise God. Everyone stand, if you will. This message was meant to you, then I pray that you'll come forward. We're not trying to tell you what to do. But Jesus wants to get inside of you and love you and show you what love really is. See, I love my wife. I love my children. But it's a different love than he's got. He's got that agape love, that sacrificial, unconditional gift of love for me that I don't deserve. You don't deserve. He not only loves us when we're lost, but then he brings us in and wants us to be in relationship, in a love relationship. If God's talking to you today, you need to make up your mind. I'm not living for myself. I'm living for him. I want to be in love with people. I want to love people the way Jesus loved people. Praise God. You come while we sing. It's my desire to live for Jesus. Oh, it's my desire So often I fail. Oh, and I brought him shame. But now it's my desire to live for him. Oh, if you could see. Jesus brought me from to where I am today, then you would know all the reasons why I love him so. Well, you can take this world all its wealth and riches. to see God's way. 
once was so very lost. Oh, then I found my way to God, and now it's my desire oh, live for Him. Oh, if you could see where Jesus brought me from to where I am today, then you would know all the reasons why I love him so. Oh, you can take this world all its way. got a, yesterday, Shirley got a text from our son, he's out west with Cole and Skyler and Amber and Scott and all their kids, and uh, Cindy and Promise, a bunch of them's out there, but they sent a, a text and I could see him standing out there and I thought about all the times we've been out there. Uh, but I was thinking about Brother Huff because they're at Yellowstone right now and we were at I think it was right between Yellowstone and uh, the Tetons we were camping there and Brother Huff was there and we were having Sunday morning service and Brother Huff come over to me and he said get your guitar I got a song I got to practice because he wanted to sing for church we was having church out there he started singing and the tears just rolled on his face and I know what it was. It was the love inside of him. See, I don't know where he come from. You kids might know more about where he come from. But I know where he was. He was in love with Jesus. Didn't matter where he was, he was looking for a place to let somebody know he loved him. And I thank God for those people. Those are the elect people, see. Those are the people that all of their life, it ain't how smart they got. It ain't how educated you get in the scriptures. You know what? God wants you to study them. He wants you to learn them. He wants you to hear what he's saying to you and grow up. But more than anything, stay in love with him. It's a relationship, a relationship of love. People know you. They will know Christ in you by the love you have. The love you have one for another. I praise God for his, his love. It's all these years, it never changed. He still loves people. He's still picking out elect people. He's still choosing people to walk with him, to talk with him. Praise God. Little Bert, probably the last six months of Bert's life, she sat right there. And I would be sitting up there playing the guitar. 
and I could see her cry. She would cry every time. She'd just cry because I think she cried with the quartet saying, I don't know why, maybe we was doing that bad, I don't know. But it seemed like every time we'd get up to sing, she'd be crying. But I miss her love. I miss the love that God has shown through people. I want this love to stay here until God comes for us. I don't want to be one of the numbers that just fall away and don't care. We have to stay in love with him. Praise God. I thank you for your patience today.